I'd like to welcome everybody to a brand new edition of the Adam King Show. I am your host, Adam King, and we are back after a little bit of downtime. We had some technical issues. I had to get myself a new computer, but we are back. Uh, Last episode, we had Laura Loomer, covered some real groundbreaking topics. And in this episode, we are joined by an absolute legend. I want to welcome the one, the only, Greg Reese, father of the Reese Report, to the Adam King Show, Welcome, Greg Reese. Thank you, Adam. It's good to be here. Greg, I got to say, first of all, it's a tremendous honor to host you. And I talked it over with a bunch of my friends before I put this on. And they were like, Greg Reese, I wonder what he looks like. You know, (laughs) because you're always behind the camera. All the Reese Report videos that come out, they're always so specific. And uh, nobody ever sees your face. So it's a yeah. big honor to have a face-to-face interview. Have you done face-to-face interviews before? Yeah, I've done a couple. Uh, okay. I don't do many. I'm not very easy to get in touch with. So usually uh, if someone gets in touch with Alex, Alex will forward it to me. Or in your case, uh, you know, we get a mutual friend on the team that got us in together. So I'm not really uh, – I like not being on camera. That was actually uh, – I think it was within my first couple of weeks on the job um, – I was looking for a place to record and Rob Dew suggested, why don't you just do a voiceover and then and not worry about going on camera. And immediately I was like, I'm allowed to do that. And he was like, yeah, who cares? So, I, so then from that day on, I that was just like, immediately I was like, well, that's what I want to do from, from now on. I never want to be on camera again. And I actually avoided it a few times when I was working at headquarters, uh, the boss asked me to come on or had me come on and can't say no to the boss when you're going on. So I was on a few times, but, uh, as you can see, I've uh, I've 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 got the uh, more uh, casual, not on camera all the time look. Lately, yeah, you got so. the off-camera shadow working. That's for right. You. So, um, yeah, you know, like all this background, you know, you're such a prolific. Uh, I guess I'd call you a documentary, uh, not a filmmaker, but a a, a a short. I mean, your clips they're always like within five minutes, and you're so prolific. You come out with one every single week without fail and each one they generate millions and millions of views and tremendous amounts of attention and uh what is it like first of all how did you start when did you start the reese report and what is it like every week dropping hit after hit after hit i'll start with the second one um it's a that's a good question to me because um it's it's probably much different than just based on the question the way you asked the question i can tell it's probably much different than you imagine it could be, but um, I have a a phobia of losing my job that I've had my whole life since I was probably 15. Well, and I, I think I've only been fired once. I think when I was 15, I worked at a coffee shop and I fell asleep. I would always fall asleep on the counter because it was very early. I would get up and work very early. Uh, but that was the only one I ever got fired from. There's a scene from a movie, uh, uh, American uh, Splendor, I believe, where he wakes up from a nightmare and he says, oh, my God, I have a job. I have a job. I have a job. And I remember I find that scene very, very funny. And I don't know if everyone gets it. Obviously, some people get it because it's in that movie. But 
Um, that's just something that's, I'm, it's always me. So still to this day, basically every uploaded video of mine, uh, I just finished uploading one an, uh, an hour ago. Yeah. It's the same feeling every time. It, the feeling is, uh, okay, I'm not going to get fired this week. This week, I have my job still. You really still. feel that at Bandot Video every time that you post? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to encourage all the listeners to go to the Reese Report on Bandot Video. And anyone listening on our uh, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, any of our feeds, go check out Re the Reese Report on Bandot Video because Greg is so prolific. And we're going to put some Reese Report videos together at the end of this, this segment so that the audience can... Uh, can see what it's all about anybody who doesn't know who greg reese is yet but um you really feel that you would get fired <laughs> when you post well i know video? it's i know it's irrational uh i i'm aware that it's irrational it's i guess you could say it's a, irrational it's one of my irrational quirks mm. uh my friend uh, drew at who works at headquarters we used to share an office together for a few years uh, he i'm sure he'll attest to it because it's like every week he'll hear it from me or, you know after every upload well save my job once again save my job <laughs> once again you know uh but I know it's um, I know it's a mental thing. I think it's not it's not a bad thing. It's, it's one of the things that kind of keeps me motivated. A lot of my motivating factors I uh, came up with because of, uh, of of trying not to stumble and fall. You know, because I did, and I'm like, I don't want to do that again. So I like, you know, that's one of them. I guess I don't want to. You know, I, I like having a job, so I want to make sure I, I I do good work and all that. The other question is how I, I've been doing it since I was nine to be honest when i was nine no eight when i was eight uh i did a super eight film thing with my parents helped obviously but That's i wrote so it cool. and directed it and produced it. it was in my sandbox uh oh my with God. dinosaurs and i made a paper mache asteroid that i poured gasoline on for the final <laughs> scene and lit a match to it and filmed that but it was a it was the official story so it was fake news i think it could have been fake news but that's a whole other story but my first was a short Super 8 documentary on the extinction of the dinosaurs. Wow. Featuring some of my favorite toys. At the age of nine. At the age of eight. And then, uh, and I had that film for a while. And then my parents kept it. And then when they gave it to me when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I think I, I don't hold on to them anything. So I, I think I threw it away after a short period of time. But I had for a while. Um, and then uh, through high school, I graduated high school. I was failing all my classes just due to um, neglect. I wasn't uh, that enthusiastic about high school. And uh, my uh, teachers allowed me to do video projects when in my senior year to pass or fail. I talked, all my teachers except for one, my history teacher said, no, you're taking the test. Uh, but everyone else was like, sure, you can do a video project. And they were all basically Reese reports looking back on them, uh, except in, this, in those cases, I kind of catered them specifically to each teacher. Mm to their to try to um you know give them what they want uh psychologically to you know make them happy so that they would pass me and it worked and i got passing grades and it was so and then uh after that i did several videos i've been doing it my whole life mm. um, when did in you fact, start i'm surprised whole... i'm actually doing them today so. when did you start making videos to combat the new world order in uh around 2006 2007 i started making music videos and songs with a friend of mine uh, named neil who right. goes by the you're also uh, a musician right yes yeah um, for, for all the listeners what what instruments do you play well that's why i got confused when i was nine i started playing music i started playing the recorder and that lasted until i was 12. that's when i learned the picked up the guitar once i picked up the guitar at age 12 
it, that's when it really took off and I started recording and I started uh, writing music and I went through a period for like 10, 15 years where I was in bands and that was basically my life as I, I worked as a carpenter and a plumber just to pay the bills. Um, and the bills were cheap because I lived on the cheap just to try to have as much time as possible to make music and film. That's so um, cool. So I did that for, um, for a while. And then around 2006, 2007, I started making more like anti-New World Order videos with my friend Neil, who goes by Flo White. And uh, those are still online. And um, I'll send you a link. They're kind of fun. Sure. But they're, they're lighthearted. Uh, the band Flo White used to be almost pornographic. And it, it was funny. Mm. Most uh, 12, 13-year-old boys would probably get a, a snicker out of Flo White. Uh, and a lot of adults did, too, for a while. I quit drugs it. and rock and roll, man. Yeah, it was total sex, drugs and rock and roll. I quit the band twice, actually, because my because it was just over the top to me. But Flo White is kind of in my a lot of ways. He's an Andy Kaufman character, and he loves to press people's buttons, even in the crowd, to sort of get like an awkward vibe. And I mm -hmm. kind of respect that, but I it just wasn't my thing. I I became less of a like I'm not into being on camera. I wasn't into being on stage, so I ended up leaving that. But for a few years, uh, we made. I think we only have like five videos up online, but they're music videos, anti-New World Order stuff. And you joined Infowars in 2018? 2018, July of 2018 was when I started Infowars. Fateful July of 2018. The yes. rest is history. Yes, July, 20, July 23rd. I am uh, very proud of my time at Infowars. Um, yeah. How could you not be? You've uncovered so many stories and you're, 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 the way you condense information into such a digestible pill is so unique. And, and unlike everyone else on the platform, like your specific videos get more play, I think, than anyone else because they always get injected into Alex's set, without a doubt. Yeah. You know, every time I see it. And that means that 20 million people a day are seeing Greg Reese report. Well, my favorite ones are when, when the ones that Jones injects into the show especially there's been a few there's been a handful where he loved so much that he like basically kind of made the whole day turned it into a whole day event and everything and those were you know that's obviously as an artist which is i consider myself more an artist than a journalist right um mainly because journalists have such a bad rap you know yeah um dude you're not getting fired <laughs> oh i know i know <laughs> um so anyways that's cool i wanted to go a little bit about it, your background you know and put like because i got your face here you know it's so unique to have uh the face of the reese report i wanted people to hear a little bit of background before we jump into the nitty-gritty and fight the new world order um greg there are so many topics that we can go on and and we were originally going to record on monday today's wednesday for anybody uh um tuning in and um like instantly when we got on the screen my computer crashed and i think it's because you and i together our light is too too big you know the the it's possible the secret forces at play wanted to shut it down they're like we can't have this happen they're gonna go to antarctica they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna discover us that's true and and the ai the online ai i'm sure is already full aware of our in our antarctica plans so exactly yeah. ai just learned the the new phrase oh shit for the first time like what do we do i don't know let's ask zuckerberg to program us how turn them off turn them off turn them off it's got to anyway. be hard to go there my is my thought because you 
you don't really <clears throat> i haven't heard of anyone really doing it i've heard of uh, antarctica yeah well nat geo made that documentary and i feel like they they make documentaries because they want to dissuade people from actually going to antarctica and seeing what it's all about but you know in our previous conversation that we had prior to the show we spoke about antarctica and specifically new schwabenland which is the nazi bases that are are in antarctica they were never dismantled there's no they had uh i mean i think new schwabenland is like the size of america actually yeah have you seen any of the new maps uh, the maps of new schwabenland i've seen several maps <clears throat> Of, of Antarctica. And uh, one of the most interesting things I've seen recently is, um, <clears throat> I believe it was from a, it was probably from a Flat Earth British episode on YouTube, uh, where he's going through an, uh, an actual photographs of an Amerigo Vespucci log Interesting. from when he went all the way down North America, South America into an Antarctica. Right. And he's God, he describes it and there's illustrations of the descriptions and it's described as a thriving, not just a thriving civilization, but a, a modern civil, like the pictures look modern, like um, high rise buildings, multi-level narrow buildings. It looked like. Well, uh, there's pyramids. clearly pyramids in Antarctica. <clears throat> yeah, that's that was on the Nat Geo thing. So if they're putting it on Nat Geo, they're not trying to hide the fact that there was a previous civilization in Antarctica prior to our civilization. Yeah. Question is, are they still there? What's your take? Well, I don't know. I would imagine um, in the most uh, simple way, it could simply be... Uh, the um the family of the secret technology whatever you want to call that the nazis mm. or the fourth reich or the the um the whole ufo black op program mm -hmm. those deep black ops whoever is in control of the underground bases and of the quote unquote anti-gravity or free energy whatever this stuff is you know uh which i i believe like the the Tesla technology, the UFO technology, mm. I think this is all related. I don't know if it's something that we've discovered from a non-human species, or if it's just simply something that we've discovered and it's being suppressed. Some well, of the history you, suggests that it was discovered by the Germans during yeah. World War II. Are you familiar with her Glockenspiel? The bell, the bell, the floating bell. Yeah, I've I've included it in several videos, and I, mm. I mean, I think I. Maybe at this time I should do a whole thing on it, but um, I'm fascinated with that story. Yeah. Uh, what's the author of um, the SS Brotherhood of the Bell? That's the main source I've got it from. Um, but yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And mm -hmm. according to that program, it seems like, for example, one of the really interesting things about that is they, one of the reasons they were, they were obsessed with the Aryans <clears throat> was because of the Hindu traditional history. There's um, in the ancient Vedas, there is a book. Well, it's only the book's only uh, over a hundred years old called the science of aeronautics. Mm. And it I has, actually have that book. Yeah. It's got the diagrams of the Viamanas and um, yeah. it, the diagrams are only uh, over a hundred years old, but they're written 
from descriptions in the ancient Vedas describing mm-hmm. all this stuff. And um, I have a bit of time I spent in that tradition, the yoga Hindu tradition. And it's right. very uh, like accepted belief that Vimanas and non-human entities live in the Himalayas and uh, are in contact with some, like, like anyone can go in there and if you, you know, meditate enough and fast enough or whatever and achieve enlightenment, then you too can actually meet and go on a ride on these Vimanas and stuff. It's uh, a magic carpet ride. Yeah. And so that's what, if you look at the, or if you or the, read the descriptions of the bell, it sounds like one of these Vimanas that were drawn. Mm. It's very similar, at least, yeah. to these Vimanas that are drawn in, in this book. You know, and at the sites that they were experimenting with her Glockenspiel in Germany, there is no remnant of the technology left over. It's all been stripped, whether it was taken by the United States or Russia after the fall of Berlin or the postulation that it was all set up in Antarctica waiting for the collapse of Germany. You know, that's all hearsay and speculation. But um, I think it would be very interesting to take a trip to Antarctica and I've been so fascinated, but I think the last year or so, like I've just been obsessed with Antarctica. Like I have to know. I feel like if I go there, I'll be able to know everything. I'll be able to like psychically tune in and just understand what's going on. Yeah. And outside of New Schwabenland, actually King Charles, the pedo king, uh, he actually owns a piece of land the same size as New Schwabenland in Antarctica. It's massive. It's like the size of the United States. Yeah. Um, question is, why are they all so obsessed with Antarctica? There, there, there definitely is something going on. There's definitely something going on. When I made a video on Antarctica and Flat Earth, um, it was one of the, it might have been the only time where I actually asked Alex permission on a video I wanted to make. I'm, one of the best things about my job, if not the best thing on a personal selfish point of view, is my job is I do whatever I want to do. I do whatever <laughs> reports I want I want to do. So I don't that was made clear on day one. I was told by Rob Dew that I, I asked, Do I need to check with anyone? And he's like, We don't have time for that. He's like, just make it, I upload know. it, boom. So I think that's the best part about being on InfoWars. I got my login and I just boot up whatever yeah. I need to throw up. It's unlike know? any job I've ever had. I mean, yeah. it's it's um it's raw and it's real and it's it's and it's honestly i think it's rare. the honor of a lifetime i've done so oh, many yeah. cool things i was a diplomat in africa i've traveled the whole world i've met with all the most interesting people you could possibly imagine out, out of everything in the 39 years of my life there's nothing that gives me more pride than being on infowars and being a part of this team and fighting the new world order and being fearless and brave and standing up and just speaking my mind and and it it really is the only free speech absolutist platform on the planet, to tell you the truth. Yeah, and it really is, like Alex says often, like a ragtag crew. I mean, it's uh it's bizarre actually where we are right now at Info I mean, like in the media, it's bizarre because we really are just like you know, this small time mon pa media thing run by one person, basically. It's true. And we all need the help. And so with that, I'm going to throw up the QR code right there for all of our listeners. Click that QR code right there. Go to InfoWarsStore.com. Go buy something. You got two InfoWarriors on the line telling you right now to go buy something. This is my favorite thing that I bought at InfoWars, my my Faraday cage so that I could sleep, put my phone in my pocket without uh, radiating my testes or keep my phone next to my bed without radiating my head. 
So click that link, go to InfoWarsStore.com, buy something, support the InfoWars, support Greg Reese, support Adam King, and most importantly, support Alex Jones. That's right. One of the best things about working at InfoWars uh, is the products that we sell. I there's a, I enjoy a lot of the, every commercial I do, I enjoy, because a lot of our products, uh, I you know, I was, before I got the job, um, I was always a big fan, especially the water filtration. That was my first ad. Right. You but the, to finish Alexa what I was saying really quick, you got the Alexa, Alexa Pure, Pure water filter. Oh yeah, the Alexa Pure water filter is uh, right now. I actually have it in storage uh, for for emergency times because I'm living the life of having a nice purified water and a drinking water machine. Uh, and the reason I'm doing it is because I never have before. And uh, but you got that Alexa Pure for the uh, well. Now it's emergency. ready for the emergency. Yeah, that's one of the best things about the Gravity Fed is you don't got to worry about water pressure. And people could go to that QR code right there, click that, go buy an Alexa Pure water filter. That's like the the hot item right now on InfoWarsStore.com. Yeah, uh, because we were out of it for a while and because uh, of the, the shutdowns and everything. So, Which is, uh, I just yeah, want to finish ahead. the point really quick because I was just saying the only video I really ever asked permission to do was the Antarctica Flat Earth video. Mm. And uh, mainly because... I understand why some people stay away from the subject because uh, one of the most fascinating things about the whole rabbit hole of flat earth is when you realize that the overwhelming majority of the smart intellectual class in the world um, have agreed to ridicule you and ridicule and and make fun of you and decide that you are the dumbest person in the world if you believe that the earth is anything other than the heliocentric model it is what it is yeah, that's the thing that <clears throat> bugs me out more than anything about anybody like i don't know if the earth is flat or round but i think it's strange that i'm not even allowed to question it well it's like, elucidating isn't it uh it's taught me a great deal that's that a part of COVID the psyop the grand psyop of, of accepting reality for what it is the frailty of the human mind I, over the past, through Flat Earth was the beginning where I really learned how simple-minded, how I always kind of knew that I was dumb enough to where I had to be careful. Like I learned that at a young age. At a young age, I learned, Greg, if you're not careful, you're going to kill yourself. Um, and then throughout Flat Earth and COVID, I realized that everyone's like that. I think yeah. flat earth is such a, it's such a hot topic. And like, I remember like I was dating this chick and I did an episode where this guy came on and he was talking about flat earth. And the girl was like, you don't believe in that, do you? And she was like straight up ready to walk out. And I, and I, and I like it, you know, the truth is, is I don't even know what I believe in anymore to tell you the truth. Yeah. Reality, the matrix of reality has literally disintegrated before my eyes. And I question everything. I mean, Let's just talk about NASA. Like, why didn't we go back to the moon if the Earth is everything they say it is? Why haven't we had vacations to the moon yet if we were going there since 1969? You know, what's up with uh, with that one? The other thing and I Buzz learned... Aldrin also. I mean, Buzz Aldrin doesn't stop talking about how the moon landing was a hoax. Yeah. I just did a moon video on exclusive on my Substack. Uh, why called "Why on Earth Would Anyone Trust NASA?" and uh, and I and uh, and I agree. I I would say that the outcome of my experience from that whole um, uh, rabbit hole, whatever you want to call it, is 
is to be care very careful about what you believe in or what you put your faith in. Like, I, and I also noticed that a lot of the people that were going through that rabbit hole ended up with another belief. Most, I would say most people end up with another belief. And then it created this whole new argument as to like, is it a, is it a snow globe or is it a, is it a it, infinite space or, you know, like, and yeah. I'm like, I want to be like, Hey guys, 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 like, like, don't you notice like what's going on here? Like, we don't know to me, the right. idea that I don't know where I am is uh, profound. It's, it's wonderful. Actually, it, it makes life every day, a, a magical, mysterious experience. Like I am waking up every day in a reality, some type of realm. I'm alive. I know that. I definitely have in my gut and in my heart, I, I know that I am in a body and I am alive in this physical realm. But I, other than that, I don't know where it is. I don't know exactly what it is or what's going on. And I guess that's where faith comes in. Hmm. So earlier in the segment, you know, along these lines, you mentioned that you spent a lot of time in India and uh, in yoga and spirituality and you know, if you watch the Reese report, you're pretty much like strapped, ready, and ready to go. And, you know, the Reese report is like, it's very focused, very political, very informative. But that spiritual element of Greg Reese is, is obviously a driving force of why you do the Reese report, but you don't really see the spirituality coming to know you off camera. Um, I've seen that you're a very spiritual person. How does spirituality affect your work? Well, first, I didn't. I've never been to India. I spent a lot of time in American. I was in a mm. in an ashram in Virginia for a few years, and I did a monast a Buddhist Tibetan Buddhist monastery in California, Northern California. Uh, I've been to a couple in New Zealand, but I've never actually been to India. Uh, India, um, maybe someday. There's a lot of places I'd still like to go, but it affects my work very much. Uh, before I, I mean, I got the job. Well, I mean, uh, before I even started making videos, one of my earliest memories as a child was praying and asking God to um, cleanse the world of evil mm -hmm. and to help and to, and to make me a part of that, to somehow let me help in some way to do, do that. That's, I wrote about it in my book, and uh, for many years, uh, I kept that to myself because I thought that, I thought that made me crazy, you know? It wasn't really until uh, my job in the past. It wasn't really until the past few years, especially through COVID, where I started thinking about those childhood memories and and, and not and not thinking I was crazy, being like, "Man, I was born for this. You know, this is what I asked yeah. for, or at least this is what I prayed for," you know, as a child. And then um, uh, most of my life was about uh, figuring out things that happened to myself in my childhood, and then questioning things that are happening, questioning evil, especially. Uh, once I, once I had the red pill moment, if you want to call it, mm. which I guess I would define as just simply understanding that we're not the top of the food chain and that there's something, um, that a lot of people would arguably describe as evil, mm -hmm. uh, ruling over us. And from then on, then especially it, it all became, well, I guess the spiritual nature of it was simply a curiosity and a desire for the truth. One of my favorite things about the yoga Hindu tradition. And I like all, I do, I do study. I mean, I was raised a uh, Catholic. I'm not a big fan of Catholicism, but I love Christ. I always, Christ, I would say is I feel almost like I walked into this world uh, hand in hand. And uh, 
And then from then on, I've learned I've, I've learned to study many other uh, religions and teachings and look for commonalities. That's something I've been passionate about for for a very long time. Uh, but the one thing about the uh, the Hindu traditions that um, that I uh, I've come to really appreciate is the simplicity of overcoming the darkness with light. The just the mm -hmm. pursuit of truth. It's all about, and it's really an internal thing. It's about overcoming your own lies, overcoming your own uh, illusions, and breaking out of the spell. Mm -hmm. And it's an it's a process that probably never ends. I can't imagine. I can't. You know, there's all the some people claim there's a state of enlightenment. Maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe enlightenment is just simply realizing that you're asleep. I don't know, but I can't imagine ever actually becoming to a point where I would confidently say like I'm awake, because uh, every the the more you look, the more you're going to find that something that proves that you were wrong. It's funny. You know? I was talking to a rabbi friend of mine the other day, and I was telling him it's like every time I wake up, I think, oh my god, I'm just waking up for the first time like wake up in the figurative sense not the in the morning when you wake up but like when you wake up to what's going on it's like every single time and and one of the things i find so cool about the work we do here at infowars and just like everybody who's been red pilled is there is that like embodiment of spirituality especially amongst non-vaccinated people it's like there's like a, a specific allotment of collective human energy that's available and like once the people started taking the shots like just like they all tuned out they all became physical like diesel humans and they just aren't cognitive and so what i found is like amongst the unvaccinated there's like this rush because all this excess human energy doesn't have an ability to connect with the, their previous recipients the humans and and so like everybody on this red pilled wavelength is just getting so spiritual and such downloads so quickly and rapid learning rapid development um, and it's something I appreciate about our movement is it's, you know, unlike political movements of the past, our movement is very spiritual. And, you know, when you're when you're in the Democrat, Republican, dualistic, bicameral fighting situation, you don't really see the grand picture of good versus evil. No, I, I would that's agree. A, that's also a part of the psyop is get people to focus on politics and not uh, winning in politics and not defeating evil. You know, I can describe so exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing as a segue from that. Uh, I'm not a two party system guy. I'm not a right winger. Uh, I'm not a left winger. Um, I miss the good old days of pre Trump when uh, most people on board this train kind of all realized that the two party system was a major psyop. But uh, it's almost like a lot of us are retarding back into that. But to me, it's simple. It's very simple to me. It's all about individual freedom. And that goes back to spirituality because the ultimate, and this also goes back to one of the reasons why I enjoy studying multiple religions, because I don't like to believe that everyone, not everyone, but most people believe they're right. Most people of every religion, that's kind of one of the commonalities you're going to find is they believe that they're right. And so therefore everyone else must be wrong. Hmm. I just try to avoid that. And so I try to keep it personal and realize that maybe a different strokes for different folks. And I like to uh, open up and embrace uh, other religions as well. And so um, one of the things uh, that I've, uh, 
So anyways, I mean, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is, is the only way you're going to do that, the only way anyone can do that is freedom. Freedom, individual freedom is the only way anyone's going to be able to pursue a faith or a personal practice or a relationship with God. Because uh, to me, it's really all about a personal relationship. I don't go to church. Um, I don't practice. Uh, if I have any rituals I practice, they're of my own making through over time intuition with my personal relationship with God. That's why I don't really talk about it a whole lot. Um, uh, before before this job I had, uh, I never, I mean, it was something I never, I always kept to myself. I never talked about. Um, and so to me, I understand just perfectly clear what our founding fathers did. And I don't even think America's ever really experienced true freedom, but our founding fathers at least understood. And if they didn't understand, it doesn't matter. God worked Maybe on through January them. January 5th, 1776. Yeah. <laughs> that was a party, man. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was, it was the understanding that we are a, a soul having an experience in a human body uh -huh. on earth for a reason. I firmly believe I, well, I know that God has a plan for me and I know that the purpose of my life is to follow that path mm. and to take up. And it's a struggle. Everyone has a struggle. I believe, I know that. And because of that, I tend to believe that that's the case for everyone. You know, I can't say I know that, but I tend to believe that it, since it's like that for me, it's probably like that for everyone else. And so therefore individual freedom is the absolute most important thing that matters. Government is there to serve that government. Should, and so the ultimate uh, rule that needs to be learned is you just don't mess with anyone else. Mm. And if you don't mess with anyone else, then you should have no problem pursuing whatever vision or dream or path you have before you that opens your heart up and brings you closer to God. You know, one of the I, I'm Jewish, obviously, everybody knows that. And one of the things I, I love about Judaism is it really like the, the essence of Judaism is really free will that God himself is actually free will. You know, the, this, and I spoke about this with you earlier, this concept of ex nihilo, uh, to create something out of nothing. That That's kind of what I'm trying to describe. Exactly. Yeah. That is the essence of free will. When nothing exists and God just decides, I'm going to create myself. Boom. That's free will. You know, so that's like, Judaism is really focused on that. And I'm, that is to me, my spirituality. So I'm like, not, I'm very non proselytizing and I look for free will in society as an aspect of godliness. When I see free will being exhibited and when I mean free will, I'm not talking about like you go to the store and pick out what you want to buy as far as clothes, or you go to your closet and decide you're going to wear a blue sweater today. That's not free will. That's called preference. Free will is like when you're hungry, starving, and you decide to fast. That's like free will. You know, it's like or when you create something. You know, mm. when you when you uh, envision something um, and and decide that you're going to bring that thing into reality. Mm. Exactly. When, bringing something into reality that didn't exist in it before, like ex nihilo is like the, the that is an aspect of being godly. I think that that's so cool. I agree. And I think I kind of I would think that's what we're all here learning how to how to do is operate because that's part of our operating system. That's part of our, our, our body. The part of this human body is, is, an, is a mind that can envision and imagine things that's, uh, that has uh, energy that uh, interacts with this realm that we're in. And you add the emotions to that and uh, you could call it magic. 
I'm sure there is a scientific explanation to it, but it's just part of the mechanism, part of the way our body relates in this physical realm that um, a lot of people don't understand. And those who don't understand are easily turned into slaves for someone else's will. And that's I mean, really think, the... Think about how much people don't actually understand. I mean, a spider comes out of its egg knowing how to make this beautiful, intricate web. Like, human beings were so disconnected from everything that we're supposed to know. Nobody knows how to take care of themselves. Nobody knows health. Nobody knows how, you know. People don't even know how to cop a squat properly. You know, the, the, I got a squatty potty. You ever had one of those things? It's like it changed I've my whole life. I've had one for, uh, for about six months now. I love changed it. changed my whole life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a simple thing. Like humans are so yeah. basic and, 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 and we've, yep. been, we've been groomed and conditioned to be this way by yeah. our, whoever the overlord is, whether it's the lizard overlords like Tucker Carlson says or, uh, you know, the Anukai or any of these entities that are esoteric entities. And, and you know, I, I love this interview because it's really highlighting your, your mystical, spiritual, philosophical side. We have yet to touch on any of the issues of today. I know. Uh, which is kind of like our last conversation, which lasted hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you, uh, I want to pivot towards the World Economic Forum. And, um, you know, I actually, let me load up a clip while we're uh, doing that. Um, Bibi Netanyahu is everybody's favorite uh, Nazi these days. And I get a lot of slack for uh, criticizing Bibi Netanyahu. Um, and I've been playing these clips uh, nonstop uh, with all my guests, and, and I'm getting their take on it, you know. And um, so I want to play this clip from Bibi Netanyahu, a speech that he gave on Jordan Peterson about the vaccines. And then I want to segue into the New World Order and uh, some other stuff. So I'm going to play this clip, and then we'll, we'll comment on it. One example, so you'll see, because I don't want to bore you with uh, detailed, detailed plans. I, 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 but they are detailed in my mind. They um, are detailed in his mind. We came out of COVID first. I described that in my book, my conversations with Albert Bourla, Pfizer. And I persuaded him to give tiny Israel uh, the, the necessary vaccines to get us out first from the COVID. And the reason I could do that is because we have a database, 98%, a medical database, 98% of our population has digitized medical records and little card. And anywhere you go in any hospital in Israel, north, south, doesn't make any difference. Boom, you punch it in and you know everything about this patient for the last 20 years. I said, we'll use that to tell you whether these vaccines, what do they do to people, not individual people, not with their individual identities, but statistically, what does it do to people with, uh, uh, you know, with, uh, meningitis? What does it do to people with high blood pressure? What is it? You know, you want to know that. So Israel became, if you will, the, the lab for Pfizer. The lab that's how for we did Pfizer. It. We, got it we gave the information to the world, not only been published in medical magazines and so on. Um, that's a database we have. I intend to bring on that base database of medical, personal medical records for entire population, a genetic database, genomes. Okay. Give me a saliva sample volunteer, but I'm sure most people would do it. Maybe we'll pay them. Maybe now we'll we have a genetic record on a medical record of a robust population. It's got, you have to have diversified populations. We have people from a hundred lands. This is a very powerful engine. Now, now let uh, pharma companies, let medical companies, let them run 
algorithms on this database, okay? I'm telling you right away that I'll give preference for a few years to Israeli firms, but you can create, and then to the world, but you can create, uh, you know, a biotechnological industry that is un, unheard of right now, unheard of, unimagined even. Uh, and, and these are just the examples. So we can become a lot, stave off Iran, become a light onto the nations in uh, groundbreaking. God, every time I try to play this video on every single episode, um, and it just chills me, man. It just chills me. When is that from? That he did an interview with Jordan Peterson two months ago. Oh, okay. Oh, that was and two he, months old. He said that on Jordan Peterson. Hmm. Now I'm I'm an Ashkenazi Jew with a beautiful long pedigree lineage and all that stuff, and there is nothing more unaccepted in the Jewish community, in the Ashkenazi community, because of what we've culturally gone through, than allowing or our leaders pushing forward that we should be the genetic experiment of a, of a German lab company. I mean, I mean uh, Pfizer's a German-based company. I mean, it's, a, it's insanity. Yeah. It's like, you know, as Jews, we grew up with this slogan, never forget. And then they all went off and forgot. They're like, yeah, here you go, Pfizer, German. Give me that yeah. mangala. Well, the American version is uh, 9-11. Uh, be afraid of Islamic jihadis. Be very afraid. But then all of a sudden, well, you have to let them all in your country or you're a bigot. You know, what's wrong with you? What's, oh, yeah. You don't like a bunch of military age uh, Middle Eastern guys living in your neighborhood? Then you're a racist. Yeah, and as long as you're worried about the Middle Eastern people, we are going to flood the border with millions of cartel members, people who would do anything. They, the phone rings. Hey, uh, yeah, this is uh, Jorge Miguel. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're the one who gave me the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, I'll take that person out for you. No problem. You're going to give me $5,000 for it? Done. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. That's and that's one of how the they reasons. hire mercenary soldiers to fight America. Yeah. Well, that's how they do all of this throughout uh, um, the, you know, making it, uh, bribing nurses and doctors to uh, take otherwise people that could be easily cured of something and put them on ventilators and give them remdesivir, you know, and you'll right. make some money by killing these people. You know, uh, it's amazing how many people they were able to, how many seemingly average people they were able to convince to get on board and just make a little extra money also you know? the regeneron stuff what happened with regeneron do you know anything of the backstory there no i uh, i believe all i know is i believe regeneron was supposedly a good therapeutic like a, a, a therapeutic that actually works correct or am i wrong about that yeah i think it's like a, a a therapeutic that like enhances the human body actually i'm not so sure but i know that like towards the end of 2020 everything was regeneron 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 yeah trump took it became superhuman then um well, it's called regeneron yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Sounds like it came from from planet kryptonite. You know? I wouldn't be surprised if they're selling all these drugs, figuring out ways to hawk all these drugs, you know? Uh, but then it disappeared from the market. It's like the pharmaceutical industry wanted to bury it, and they don't want any yeah. type of cure to come out. Well, no, I, 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 all the evidence definitely suggests that it was. Uh, they really wanted everyone to take it. They really, 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 really wanted everyone to take it. 
And uh, it definitely seems like they definitely want a lot of people to die. I don't know how many that is. I don't, ex I don't exactly know what the heck's going on. I would guess uh, several things. I would guess, if I were to guess, you didn't ask me, but if I were to guess the whole World Economic Forum and the whole... Uh, well, I was going to go there next, so okay. I'm glad you brought that up. On one level, it seems like, um, well, here'd be my answer. And, and this is just a guess, obviously, because I'm just an average Joe trying to figure out what the heck's going on in this world. But from, from what I can see, it would they probably had a committee, or they definitely had a committee that lasted probably several years trying to figure out what they could all accomplish in this. Mm. Let's, and then with the goal being as much as possible. How, we want to make as much money as possible, and we want to accomplish as many of our goals as possible. So here's a list of our goals. Can we do all of them all at once? Population reduction. All of it. And so one of the ways they were able to do the population reduction, um, or this it would be to through this this certain group, the eugenics, the Bill Gates, the the Klaus Schwabs, and I'm sure they could have been groomed their entire lives for this mm -hmm. role they're playing, the role of Patsy. Patsy mm -hmm. in a sense, not that they're not guilty, they're guilty, but Patsy in the sense that uh, when this all goes down, it could be like Nuremberg 1. Nuremberg 1, only 17 people were found guilty. Everyone else got high paying jobs and new identities. And so it'll be just like that. And a few yeah. people will go down. Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates. Operation Paperclip. So, yeah, Operation Paperclip. Look it up, folks. So this will be the same thing. You know, I can see they can let the World Economic Forum, they can let all these, uh, they can let Planned Parenthood go down. They could let all these, or they can let the Democratic Party go down. You could have yeah. a bunch of patsies. And the and the the owners of the company will be scot-free and get away with it. And, and, and they so, can still get their economic reset and reform the board and... So who are the real puppet masters behind the, the strings? I remember one episode of the Reese Report, you went into the Quant family. They're like a billionaire family that nobody ever talks about anymore. Right. Who, who's, who do you think is really calling the shots? If it's not Klaus Schwab and it's not an ideologue activist like Klaus Schwab, who, who really is the agenda setter? Who do you think? Top five villains of Greg Reese. At the top of the pyramid, I think, is a non-human species non okay um and i always the skepsis you can do you ever watch dark crystal <laughs> no but uh but i know uh, but we infowars recently did a thing yeah, and they, yeah yeah they've yeah, been yeah. playing skepsis yeah. videos okay I think number one you, is the non-human force yeah that's well that's number one and uh and i'm sure and i think that's something you're gonna and i came to that from research because that's basically what everyone thinks it's doesn't larry matter. the lizard it doesn't matter really what religion you're in or or what tradition you're in uh right. the the one shared belief it seems by all of humanity is that there's something else up there hiding in the shadows that's not yeah uh, human that's not and human. so the ones that we think are the bad that the ones we know are i would describe as the judas goats the ones that were willing to you know sell out their uh their own people their own species on this farm and when you think about that if uh then it kind of re you know i don't know then it's like good luck trying to uh make sense of it because these are just obviously they're low lives these are people that mm. are willing to like a nurse who's willing to make a little bit of extra money to try to talk someone into doing a procedure that's going to kill them you know i'm sure that nurse probably has it in her head how she's doing a courtesy she's doing something nice you know she I don't think anyone doing thinks, the right thing. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think anyone thinks they're a bad person. Yeah, exactly. So number two, who's named people? 
Who's on who's on the Reese top five? Number one is an invisible non-human entity calling the shots. Number two. All right. Okay, so all right. Um I would say it's somewhere between the Vatican and the Crown. Rome and Britain. And maybe that's just Rome. Maybe Rome never fell. And really, when you get into the history of Britain, uh Britain was around back in Rome. And if Rome never fell, then Britain is just an extension of Rome. So mm -hmm. so Rome, whoever and Rome would be, I guess, the uh the the one world, the new, you know, the one world government that exists today and has all of our lifetimes and for millennia. And obviously King Charles is not a puppet. I mean, he could be getting played by people, but I mean, that guy has true sovereignty. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he's got the bloodline. And um, besides the bloodline, I mean, like he just like I can't imagine if he says to a little boy, pull down your pants and there's cameras all around. I can't imagine he him saying I, I can't imagine anybody saying no to him. And I can't imagine him him. No, I'm the king. I'll do whatever I want. You know, like even if it's like little boy, pull your pull your pants down. You know, it's like he's so sovereign in that aspect. Like yeah. I don't, uh, uh, which I know. think is extremely bizarre as well. It's very strange that we live in a society where people will roll their eyes and think you're crazy if you're talking about non-human species ruling us, but those same people don't think there's anything strange about what you're talking about right now about a king, you know, about a sovereign bloodline that's able to act a certain way and they get treated a certain way. That's right. totally bizarre. Yeah, you know? owns more land than countries. The only thing that ex really explains that to me is what we're talking about. That would explain it. These are the families. What David Icke talks about, there's, you know, I'm a You're big saying David that Icke. King Charles is the patsy for the overlord non-humans. Well, David, uh, uh, I mean, um, King Charles, from what I understand, they sort of have like the Bush kind of bloodline, like in the uh, in the American uh aristocracy or whatever you want to call it the bush family um there or maybe 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 the clintons might even be a better example the clintons are really black sheep that kind of bullied their way in um you know like thugs yeah. but the bushes are probably a better example they're not they're well, not I mean, the, it, they don't they're, have the, they're, they don't have the, the clinton connection the clinton connection is really it's obvious i mean the Rhodes scholarship was really set up by the crown of england yeah, so exactly they were brought in to the power structure probably through proving their loyalty in the iran contra affair with the whole smuggling of cocaine into mina arkansas in that airport base yeah the military airport base when he was governor of arkansas but when he was a Rhodes scholar he had he was directly you know the, they they groomed those people for for the 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 crown of england grooms those people for these yeah these. And so, I mean, I think um, I think David Icke was probably right about it. The the, the bloodlines. I mean, for one, on a, on a on a very surface level, it makes sense why it's all in the family. These crime. Okay, families. so we got the non-humans. Okay, we got King Charles. We got whoever's in control of the chaos at the papacy. Who's number three, and who's number four? Top evildoers. Uh, four and number five. Four and number five? Yeah. Four and number... Okay, so we got the... That's right, because we got the... Uh, 
Well, we got the non By the way, I we think got you're the... correct. I think my initial jump would be Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab, but it's so so short-sighted. You're you're so right on on King Charles. Yeah, Klaus Schwab is a protege of uh, of Henry Kissinger. That 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 mm-hmm. right there is a giveaway. Uh, when you look at the the criminal mastermind of Henry Kissinger and how no one's really talking about Kissinger, but they're all talking about his his special little boy protege. Right, you know? exactly. There's a quote from King David on his dying words to King Solomon. He says uh, about Yelov, the general of his army who killed his sinful son, Absalom. He says to King Solomon, don't let his white beard go to the grave in peace. The only person that King Solomon kills is Yelov, this general of King David. And I look at Henry Kissinger the same way. It's like this man, he's old. He's like living his heyday. You know, where he's like this old guy, wherever he goes, people kiss his ass. And they're like, this is the Henry Kissinger legacy. This is the guy who needs to be brought to Nuremberg 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if we don't get to the Kissingers and if we don't get to the Bushes and if we don't get to the Clintons, if we don't get to all this stuff, then it's just a show. It's just part of it. And, and to be honest, we could even, like I was saying, we could even get to all that. We could be going into a golden age where uh, everything gets better and, uh, I and think our we lives are going get better. And it, no, I think we are too. And it could also also be contrived, in my opinion. I also think in that golden age that InfoWars is going to be the predominant media source. It's, I, it's starting to seem that way. It's starting to seem like if things are going in the way that they seem to be going at this point, that's, that does seem to be the Especially with trajectory. the collapse of Fox News. Like, There's all these based people who are like, where do I go? And they're like... If they fired Tucker, I might as well truly red pill myself. And this is where I'm starting to question my own thinking process because I I noticed that I don't trust that. I noticed that um, that I became very suspicious of. Okay, well, what's happening? How are they trying to trick us now? Uh, And it's it's almost as if there's a part of me that doesn't even accept it as being a plausible option that maybe what I really wanted to happen is actually happening, you know? Mm. Uh, Cause that's really what got me into this from the beginning was I wanted to see all this stuff get exposed and I wanted to see justice. And, and I, cause I believe in my heart that if the, the human herd were to become made aware of what's really going on, sort of collectively red pilled for lack of better terminology, then it would inspire a, um, a shift, a paradigm shift mm-hmm. that will bring everything in the right direction. Cause we really have solutions for all of our problems. They all exist. We're, we're totally. a clever bunch of people. We've got it all figured out. It's just uh, the problem we have is the system that's uh, been built. Up I love the us. Reese reports. When you go into free energy systems, I think those are so unique. Those, those Reese reports that you've yeah. done. I need to do more. And that's a good subject too. Right before our call, I was online researching Toyota's new hydrogen engine. Mm. And um, this is another thing right here that tells me that the non-humans, the overlords, are allowing the shift. Mm-hmm. They're allowing this energy to come out now because Toyota is about to roll out this hydrogen. Now, it's not quite the hydrogen they had 15 years ago. I don't know if anyone remembers. I have not been able to find the clips on YouTube, but I remember them. A lot of people do. But about 15 years ago, they were advertising, I think it was Honda. They were selling it in Japan, Japan only. Uh, they were selling it for cheap. It was like it was like a, a super cheap economy car, very small, and it ran on water. And they had um, 
local news ads where they showed the, it was you opened up the back seat and you took a thing of water and you could fill it up with water boom and it drove on it was a hydrogen car drove on water voila uh and then within a year's time you never heard about it again the commercial stopped for years i was able to find the video can't find them anymore and there's several examples there was a few african girls that were able to make an engine that ran on urine basically the same thing it was basically processing hydrogen out of the urine so it's something that can be done and something that's been heavily suppressed for a long time right, right. and now it's starting to come out with toyota so that tells me that we are moving into a new age right. and it's it, and it's not like we're just now discovering it it's either we've eliminated the oppressive force or that oppressive force is now allowing it well the you know the i watch in all the old tartarine videos that electric cars were here before gasoline cars yeah they, there's the first well, cars even, were electric cars yeah there's a famous plugged in yeah who killed the electric car i think is the name of it it's a chrysler and that that documents the electric cars being like 100 years old uh hemp cars i think uh henry ford made a whole he was gonna he had fuel stations all over the country already ready to go uh hemp fuel you can still find it on youtube hemp cars made out of wheat and hemp where he's got a sledgehammer on the back windshield in the middle of the winter and the sledgehammer is just bouncing right off of it so it seems like a stronger plastic than we even have today all made out of yeah, hemp and hemp wheat. concrete and hemp concrete and yeah. hemp plastics are, are extremely strong exactly you know so our time is running a little bit short we got about five minutes left of the segment i want your number four and number five before you go on the top five enemies of greg uh, reese list all right number four number five and i left off at the, at the crown and the pope yeah uh so the federal reserve bank federal reserve bank is number uh, four and and the the entire banking that, that well i guess that would be the rothschild banking dynasty yeah i was just gonna say yeah. so rothschild is number four yeah and that include that includes the federal reserve banking system that includes yeah that's, a, that's yeah. a subsidiary of rothschild everybody knows that and i would say they are are either the bankers for the for the other three i mentioned or they have or there's something else going on some type of game of thrones kind of relationship there job is. they you know there's something weird going on and number um, five number five this is a, so the number five and this is the last one the last one okay number five is all of us that's number all five. of us dang you're spiritual gregory's i thought you were going to say the china comms but <laughs> No, China comms are, uh, they're just fighting for their lives. I think, I think they've been set up just like all the governments have been set up. And, uh, that's another thing too. Like you read about world war two, uh, how they kind of made world war two happen behind the scenes I've read books and seen documentaries about that. And it's interesting, but, uh, it's lately, like in the past few years, I mean, you can see it happening in real time. You see how they do it and it's really easy. It just, it's all done in the media mostly. So um, number five is all of us. I actually like that because it like puts responsibility on all of us to end evil. You know? Yes, because like, we could. That, the that's what. That's why I don't. And the naivete of people like not wanting to hear the truth or something. That is the essence of evil. That's compl yeah. that compliance is evil. In my opinion, if you, I don't mean to be judgy. But in my opinion, if you have it figured out in your head that there is a who the bad guy is, and all we got to do is get rid of that bad guy, and then all of a sudden life gets better, right? I would say you're the problem. Exactly, you're a hundred percent correct because you take out all the evil and you leave a vacuum for evil, 
and some average Joe is going to go be evil, yeah. you know, and fill the void. You know, there's always somebody willing to fill the void of evil. Yeah. But, Everything happens for a reason, I believe. Mm -hmm. I believe this is all happening for a reason. I believe, really, honestly, if you want to be real spiritual about it, I would even say that all levels of these baddies that we've mm -hmm. talked about are uh, doing, or especially the, the first four, are all doing God's work. They are acting mm -hmm. as teachers, spiritual teachers for the individual to this challenge I, us and to give it, and to put us through struggles and challenges and put us in an opportunity this to... To, uh, to make the right decision. Alex had one of the best things I've heard him say in a long time recently on a show. I think it was two days ago or something like that. A caller asked him some questions, said, what, what, what if we're not winning and what if things turn out really bad? And his answer I thought was beautiful. His answer was, there is no not winning. If you, we're being put, we're being challenged right now. Everyone is being challenged right now. And whether you win or lose is up to you on an individual basis. I mean, yeah, things might not turn out the way you want them to. Things might appear to be uh, some type of a loss. But as long as you stand upright and follow your heart and do the right thing and exercise your free will the way that is righteous to you, then you're going to win no matter what the outcome. Yeah, I, I would... I would second that. Absolutely. You know, this life is like a test. If you just do your part in the test, you, you made it. You yeah. You'll um, live forever. Yeah, we will live forever. The soul lives forever. The energy inside of us lives forever. Right. And this body is just here for a short period of time. So there's no reason to sweat about it. What happens to it. I mean, yeah, you want to take care of it and you want to nurture mm -hmm. it and you want to steward the body and look out for it and everything like that and look out for your families and your children and all that. But but uh, you do the you do the best you can, and then you uh, you have to realize that there's a certain level of acceptance with the whole thing. You know, let thy will be done. And things are going to turn out the way God wants them to turn out, not the way we necessarily want them to turn mm -hmm. out. But what we do have is that free will, like you were talking about. And to me, the free will is all about waking up and making and doing the right thing. And for everyone, that's obviously a very personal, unique thing. Well, we are approaching our one-hour segment, and uh, there's just not enough time with Greg Reese. I mean, I feel like this was just an introduction of the places that we can go. You know, I want to say to my listeners, Greg and I uh, have been talking about some possible future collaborations, so I want every one of you to stay tuned, and uh, some big things are in the pipes. And uh, I want to thank you, Greg. I want to thank you for coming on the show today and lending us your wisdom and your your uh, your spirituality. I think it's so cool to have this context of Greg Reese mainly in spirituality as opposed to political and uh, leading of, leading our movement to hear this spiritual side and this human side of you puts a, and, and so that also that our, our listeners can see the face to the name uh, puts a real human side to Greg Reese. So I want to thank you for allowing Adam King show to be a host of that. And um, I would love to have you again. There's so many topics. This is not nearly enough time. I didn't even, we didn't even go to Jeffrey Epstein. We didn't even cover Francois Henry Pinalter, the cult of Baal. We didn't cover any of these massive subjects, Balenciaga, the whole scandal. We didn't even say Joe Biden's name one time. We didn't even say Hunter Biden's name one time. So we're behind the curb. We got a lot. We're going to have to have Greg back on and uh, go a little bit deeper into a lot of uh, these topics. But before we leave, I want to remind everybody one last time, because this helps both Greg and myself, 
please go to InfoWarsStore.com. Please support the InfoWars. Do whatever you can. Buy anything. If you don't want anything, make a donation. Mother's Day is this week. We got a bunch of stuff that could be great for Mother's Day. Maybe, uh, what is it, Alpha Female? Female Vitality? I know Super Male Vitality. Super, super Female Vitality. Super Female Vitality. Uh, buy something for anybody. and uh, Buy something for Alex. You know, if you want to buy something for me, InfoWarriors, you're welcome to buy something for me. But just buy something. That's all I got to say. The iodine is great, too. I highly recommend the iodine. That's probably my first product I ever picked up. I like the X2, uh, but I know a lot of people like the X3 better. But I noticed right away from the second I had a drop hit my tongue years ago, my body immediately felt um, like a need, a thirst for it. So I've been taking that uh, regularly ever since. Uh, and what I, also else know we, I also know we got turbo stock back and forth. Uh, turbo turbo force back in stock turbo stock back in force we got turbo force back in stock it's been off the shelves for six months it's going to be gone very soon click this qr code right over here go to infowarsstore.com pick up something support the infowar today and it really has really proven to be brilliant like as much as you have to put up with um you know all of us hawking products and uh and alex getting all fumy and complaining about having to hawk products and stuff like that as much as that happens that's what's allowed us to survive that's what's allowed us to continue on and do it and and, and have the freedom to say whatever we want to say uh we're the only ones that i know of that are able to do that like i have friends that work for other alternative media places that are that have told me they're not allowed to talk about certain things um yeah it's like we're we the don't have to NPR. worry about that it's like we're the NPR of the based society. We're the real NPR. We're, yeah, we're yeah, the real we're the NPR. Real NPR. Like, uh, we're not taking so, payoffs to do anything. It's all based on listener support. We used to have, I don't think we've done it in a while, but we used to have the uh, the marathons, the telethons. But now oh, that we we're should at do the, a telethon. We, I think the only reason we haven't done one in a while is because we're kind of like in, in war right now. It's wartime. So know, we need to do the wartime time. telethon is what we need to do. So click that QR code again. Support the uh, NPR we got to come up with uh, some slogan. NPR means something. Um, but uh, um, support the Infowar. Get something, anything. I think a, a telethon would be a great idea. And um, Greg, I want to thank you for coming on the show. This has been a real fun time. Not nearly enough time. And uh, we're going to have to have you on again. Uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I want to thank the Infowarriors for listening in. And uh, stay tuned. I'm going to put a Greg Reese clip at the end of this segment. And I want to thank you all for tuning in once again. Stay tuned next week. We've got a huge show coming up next week. Peace out, InfoWarriors. Thanks for having me, Adam. Under U.S. Code Title 42, Part G, in Section 265, with the approval of the president, the Surgeon General has the power to prohibit foreign immigration in order to avert the dangerous spread of communicable disease. This was enacted in 1944 and used in March of 2020 when the Trump administration issued a public health order calling for the rapid expulsion of illegal immigrants and asylum seekers to protect against the spread of COVID-19. But the borders remain open, as they have been for years. Millions of people have migrated into the U.S. illegally to cash in on the robbery of America's wealth and the destruction of our society. 
In April of 2021, we exposed a massive child trafficking operation being operated by the federal government in concert with Catholic charity organizations. In March of 2022, the Biden administration formally exempted unaccompanied children from being deported under the Title 42 policy. Last month, a whistleblower from Operation Artemis testified before Congress that the U.S. government has been acting as middleman in a multi-billion dollar child trafficking black market. Title 42 is set to expire this week, and U.S. immigration facilities are already at 150% capacity. So the tens of thousands of illegal immigrants waiting at the southern border will just have to be taken care of at the expense of the U.S. taxpayer during the biggest financial crisis in U.S. history. If this doesn't make sense to you, then you need to realize that America is under attack. Last weekend, two separate terrorist attacks were carried out in Texas by members of the same prison gang syndicate. And if the U.S. government cared about keeping the peace and the rule of law, then this sort of activity would obviously catalyze stricter border policies. But our government isn't doing that. They are opening the borders while U.S. judges let loose violent criminals because America is under attack. Michael Yawn has been reporting from the Darien province in Panama at a place known as the Darien Gap where U.S.-funded invasion camp Las Blancas has been processing hordes of military-age members of the Communist Chinese Party. Michael, can you speak more on why you suppose these are spies as opposed to simply economic migrants? So how are all these people getting these passports? And how are they showing up with wads of cash? They have a lot of money, these Chinese coming through. They take a special route through Darien Gap. They take boat routes, and then they'll walk about two days through the jungle through a much safer route. It's still a little bit difficult. But it's nothing like the epic real Darien Gap route through the Mountain of Death. And all, there's actually Montaña de la Muerte through the Mountain of Death. They don't go through any of that stuff. And none of the Chinese women coming through ever report being raped. All sorts of women are raped, young and old, and children and everything else. But not the Chinese. If this doesn't make sense to you, then you need to realize that America is under attack. In the book, Unrestricted Warfare, senior military advisors of the Communist Chinese wrote that the only way for China to defeat the U.S. is by deploying several levels of unconventional warfare. Direct military confrontation would not succeed. You can call it communism. You can call it globalism. Whatever it is now has complete control over the U.S. federal government and is waging war against every single American. Life as we know it is quickly coming to an end, and whether you like it or not, the option to do nothing will soon be over. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Thank you for watching the latest Greg Reese Report. Be sure to go to reesreport.com to see my latest videos, sign up for my free newsletter, and subscribe for exclusive content. And be sure to support my sponsor at InfoWarsStore.com. The purpose of fear is to call us into action. 
And there is plenty to be afraid of today. Half the population has lined up for an untested, deadly, and debilitating experimental injection because they were told to be afraid of an invisible asymptomatic disease. The perpetrators of all this have clearly stated their goal of having 80% of the population hooked up to an artificial intelligence hive mind in less than nine years. For those of us who have awoken from the spell, we know this is all really happening, and it's unbelievably unsettling to see. But there is only two things to do. We continue sounding the alarm because it's a numbers game. If enough people awaken from the cult spell, then we win. But even when we win, and we eventually will, the days of convenience are soon coming to an end. And so we must prepare, get up to a year's worth of storable foods, water filtration, survival gear, seeds, shortwave radios, and life-saving knowledge at InfoWarsStore.com. What the f*** is this?